0: welcome back for another issue of imagine if this week we are talking about death metal
1: yeah that's right get out your guitars and your capes because dc's going all kinds of crazy but uh, it's awesome because it's comic books so that's what counts
0: (laughs) i mean it's so odd that this whole death metal thing has taken off like I, i get it that uh dark knight was that called death metal also. Uh,
1: no, I think it was Dark Knights, and then this is Dark Knights death metal, so I think that's how they properly label it. I think,
0: but oh, there wasn't something to do with metal the last time.
1: Oh, you know what? I think you're right. I think it was Dark Knights metal, then this time metal. it's Dark Knights death, death metal. Yeah,
0: you. Gotcha. So, yeah, the you know, the whole idea of was it Scott Snyder?
1: Yeah, Scott Snyder and Greg Capolo, uh, they're wanting just, him to they're do a black label when society you... style superhero <laughs> epic.
0: <laughs> yeah uh it's so very very uh over the top I, I just like we we definitely got things to come out of there the batman who laughs is this extremely popular character and uh this whole dark multiverse uh ideas I don't know if it's I don't know if it's super popular with fans, but it's definitely super popular with uh, DC in the idea of we can just keep retreading these these storylines just with different outcomes.
1: You know, it's it's funny because both companies aren't doing it as much as they used to. Like, obviously, why we exist is because of Elseworlds and what ifs. Um, so they are they're stories that people love, but I think also what helped the spacing of them and the fact that they that they weren't part of the mainstream because like the idea of the batman who laughs that's a pretty cool idea like a joker who infected the batman with the madness and it's like all right that's cool and if he pops up every now and then that's kind of cool too he's been a staple of the dc universe since his first appearance and it's like all right it got kind of old Uh, I equate it to like my argument. Like I know Watchmen, like that is the Holy grail to some people. And to me, I'm like, it's a good comic book story. Um, but when you have more and more and more and more Watchmen stuff happen, it just dilutes it. you know. So it's like, yeah, like right now I, I read Rorschach number one. I enjoyed it, but is it at the level of Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons?
0: Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. Uh, so, as we dc and its readers are right in the middle of dark night death metal uh is that what it's called <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, there's so many so many titles to it that i keep thinking that i'm saying it wrong but uh we are going to do a little challenge to ourselves of dark Knight death metal trinity crisis or is it trinity war crisis
1: i know i was just uh trinity crisis
0: trinity crisis so- uh we're going to we read through that. We're going to do our own Marvel version of that and see what it is that we come up with a story that's comparable, maybe to DC's creation here. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about what's on our spinner rack this week, because we get it two days out of the week. So what what's on the spinner rack? That's
1: right. Okay, so Tuesdays, you better get in there, and you better get in there quick, because it is DC's day of comics. So this week, we will be getting Aquaman issue 64. Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick is still the writer. She will be checking out pretty soon, so her Aquaman epic is coming to a conclusion. Uh, As I'm looking at the covers, it's kind of funny, because like with Jason Momoa playing Aquaman, you can definitely see the uh, Momoification of Aquaman happening. It really takes me back to '90s Aquaman, like uh, this variant cover by Gilbert uh, Vigont. Vigon, uh, is really neat looking, but it's funny because, like, if I didn't look better, I would look at the trident and almost think of it being his hook hand. So it's kind True. of funny how Aquaman's circled back to that look. Uh, <laughs> I know when it first happened, people either oh, at first people didn't like it because the classic fans were used to the orange shirt, and then it finally won over. Then when they converted him back to the orange and green, fans got mad because all the new fans were like, "But Aquaman's always had a hook because that's why he was when I discovered him." It's <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> uh, I I dig the long hair. The beard's pretty cool. You know, tats. I could go either way, but definitely I like him having a trident instead of a hook hand. I think that's pretty cool.
0: I um, kind of liked the harpoon hook, but uh hook hand but you know what that's fine either way you know the beard is awesome but i mean he, aquaman's had a beard for quite a while now and uh you yeah, know the tats seemed a little bit over the top but either way you can I'm, I'm not reading aquaman so it's okay you can do whatever you want with him
1: well i tell you what much credit to the movie because when they did the aquaman solo movie um uh, like his JLA costume, no offense to the designer, I don't think it was that good. Sorry, Justice no. League, they don't call it Justice League America. It wasn't that good. Uh but when they brought him back into his own solo Aquaman movie and at the end of the movie when he finally leveled up and he put on the classic costume, that was badass. It looked amazing. <laughs> I will say there is much respect to the orange. <laughs> All right, well, let's see, moving along. Uh Batman hits issue 101. So James the IV continues on. Uh, we are outside of the Joker War. So we're going to see how Gotham, how Batman, and how the Bat family will be dealing with the ramifications of what the Joker did. Uh, I read the complete arc for Joker War, and it wasn't too bad. I do have to say I was very impressed with um uh, with his choice of story. Because ultimately, like one of these days, somebody would love to read... You know, like this is it, the final story. But will we ever live to see the final story? No, because publishers are gonna keep making it and making it, you know. We were kids when Batman was old and now we're old and Batman's a kid, you know, so (laughs) it'll always go. But I do have to say I was very impressed with he knew the status quo would always win, but he made a story that was worthwhile. And this breaking of Batman and Gotham's relationship is kinda interesting. I mean, inside the comic you got people protesting Batman. So it's like, wow, okay, that's that's kind of cool. Um, so interesting stuff. Plus, if you're a Wildstorm fan, Grifter will be making his appearance. Uh, he actually gets his own incentive cover from Jorge Jimenez. Um, I love these character design comics. I think they're great-looking comics. So uh, definitely if you're on the watch for the Wildstorm characters, go back there because Wildstorm is making his debut or return. I don't know. we'll find out as we read it uh batman white knight is opening up its universe so we are going to get batman white knight presents harley quinn so uh sean murphy created this world where i like to think of it as if tim burton and uh uh, batman the animated series collided and continued that would definitely be the stylistic world that they are uh, inhabiting Um, So in this journey, it's going to take us back. So if you get the chance to see the standard cover, we can see Harley in her classic costume minus her mask. And then we have a little bit of a diamond pattern with Batman Joker and a Robin tied up and bloodied. So maybe this will be the story that tells us why Harley Quinn left the Joker and how the relationship between heroes and villains Really strained. So it's kinda interesting. Uh it'll be written by Katana Collins. So it'll definitely be in the universe, but this is gonna be another time where someone else is writing the story as well.
0: But Sean Murphy's still doing the art, which is I think very
1: Oh, uh, he's doing yeah. I should know you're right. He is gonna be the artist on this one. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well it looks like Sean Murphy and Katana Collins.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So at least he'll still be linked in it somewhat. So that's pretty cool. Um we have Speaking of what we're talking about, Dark Knight's Death Metal, the four phrased word comic book series, uh, DNDM, that's what we should start calling it. (laughs) Uh, Robin King will be getting his own series. So we've seen a lot of mashups with these evil Batmen, basically taking on the abilities of other superheroes. So we had the Devastator because that was Batman and Superman. So now we're going to get the Robin King the twist on the Robin King is this is a young Bruce Wayne who killed his parents. So if you're young, what hero could you be Robin? So we're going to see the Robin King story here. So uh, this is going to be by Pete Tomasi and Tony Patrick. So definitely interesting. Uh, it's not the first appearance of the Robin King, but I think this is going to delve a little bit more into his origins. Yeah. Hey. Justice League.
0: Go ahead. I was just saying very interesting because like when reading this uh trinity crisis uh issue uh he does make an appearance and I was very curious of who he was and I figured he must have been a non-aged Bruce Wayne and it makes sense that he would take on the name Robin.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he is uh, now he's taking on every hero even his sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. Well, moving along. So again, if you're collecting all the DNDM comics, make sure to pick up a copy of justice league issue 55, because that's where we get a ragtag team of superheroes in the form of nightwing cyborg, Raven, Hawk Woman, Starfire, and Detective Chimp, and they're doing their best in some crazy-looking costumes to try to prevent some of the crisis from expanding across the universe. Uh, metal Men, issue 11, is tangentially connected to Dark Knight's death metal as well. So in this adventure, we get to see the Metal Men face off against a dark multiverse version of the Metal Men as well. So that's going to be one of those sneak attack Uh, tie-in issues that you didn't buy and then you're gonna be like oh man i missed out so definitely (laughs) check that out and this is my top pick for the week uh nightwing issue 75 is here yep that's right dick grayson returned in issue 74 Uh, Dick Grayson got the Nightwing costume in issue 100 of Batman. But here he is. Finally, Nightwing is back in the Nightwing book. The whole reason we buy this story. (laughs) So now we get to see what's going on. And I love the fact that just by the cover's tease, we can see that Dick Grayson might be having a showdown with the KG Beast. Uh, And the KG Beast is actually the guy who shot him in the head. So that's going to be very interesting to see what will he do. Uh, Will he get revenge? How far will he go?
0: So I'm 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 find it uh odd. Well, I guess not really too odd, but you know, you're bringing him back and he he's coming back into the game, but they didn't decide to give him like a new costume. Like it, it, I mean the one that's on the cover there looks a lot like uh the you know, his familiar costume, which makes sense too. Like you're going to bring him back, you want people to remember the costume that, you know, made that he normally wears, but like I felt like it might have been an opportunity for someone to maybe create a new something new looking.
1: Well, you're definitely onto something there. Um and we're going to talk about that when we talk about the future state, but you're right. Usually when when you have a character return or, you know, some kind of special anniversary issue, that is the time to debut new clothes, new costume and all that fun stuff. So yeah, he's very much back in his Nightwing Reborn suit from the DC Reborn era. Um, but we will see some changes and we'll get to talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, I think, I think that might've been the idea, but it probably got pulled back. (laughs) Fair. Alright, so let's see. Uh, not much coming out from the single issues, but here are some trades that I would highly recommend you check out. JSA by Jeff Johns Book 4 will be out. Uh, this era was huge, and if you found yourself really enjoying the Star Girl TV show on DC Universe, I would definitely say pick up these trades because... This is a this i I'm going to speak for Mitch here too, but this is an era of the justice society that we both loved because it was an era that we first got into, so we got to connect with the younger heroes of this era but also expand our knowledge on the golden age and I love that this character or this cover design is the classic you know v pose that most superheroes do superhero teams do so on the left side you get all the golden age looking versions and then on the right side you get all their modern age I guess we can't call the modern age anymore, but the late nineties, two thousands version of these characters. And this is even more echoing for Mitch because at the center of the V you have the hour men, Rick uh, Rex, Tyler, the father, Rick, Tyler, the son. And so Isn't they are definitely, uh, I do it backwards.
0: No, no, you're right. Okay. Yeah. The, this is yeah, definitely Chris is correct. This is a era of this book that the, him and I both enjoy a lot, but uh, if you don't particularly enjoy it or don't remember it or didn't read it and you are interested in the upcoming black Adam movie with uh the rock in it this is where you're going to be wanting to to see some of the story that is probably going to show up on screen there like they're more than likely you're going to be pulling from this particular book uh, i feel and um you should really check it out
1: yeah definitely these this is not money or time wasted and mitch does pull up a good point because the whole reason that black adam and um i almost said the rock black atom black adam and atom smasher teamed up is because of their team team uh conjoinment here in jsa so definitely pick these up uh this story will collect jsa issues 32 through 45 which will definitely have some uh uh, Black Adam adventures in there, so definitely well, well, well-defined era of comics. And speaking of some stuff from that great era of comics, we have Young Justice: The Complete Collection, uh, Volume Five out, and this is the collect. Well, the original Young Justice, and they first banded them together back in the late '90s, early 2000s. So you get some beautiful Todd Knack art. Uh, Peter David was the original writer of the series. So you're going back and you're getting issues 33 through 43, Young Justice, Our Worlds at War tie-in issue, plus some uh, bonus material from Impulse 77 and Superboy 91. So I know those are great stories. Uh, Hearing those issue numbers, Mitch, does anything come to mind? Anything you remember about that
0: time? Uh, Yeah, so you definitely have the aftermath of uh, Sins of Youth because you have a young Slobo on the team there. Uh, you will have to see, you'll, you'll have that, um, at that time when we had those, uh, covers for all the DC, uh, books that didn't have their titles in a, uh, like out of context view, but it's all in context view. So like on this particular one, they have the young justice as a marquee. Uh I remember there was the Nightwing one which I believe was spray painted on the side of a subway there was uh was it was it Robin or was it Superboy that he beat up a bunch of people and and their their bodies all fell in the way that it spelled out the the character's name but uh <laughs> yeah what happens in particular in these issues I'm not I'm not too familiar but I mean look at that lineup that's that's such a great lineup right there so you you're not going to you're not going to hate the what you read in 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 this trade. I believe I have one through 4. I I know I have 1 through 3 uh but I don't know and I, I'm not but I pretty sure I have the fourth one.
1: Yeah. Uh, this was such a this laid a lot of great foundation. So if you want to see the original stories in all their glory, I am so glad that DC is doing that with these team books uh reprinting them in these complete collections. So yeah, definitely a win-win there. So check that all out. So that'll be coming to you this Tuesday from DC comics. Now, if we check out our Tuesday releases, we will mainly focus on Marvel. So I've got amazing Spider-Man issue 50 L R. So this is, I I guess I just got to be honest with people. (laughs) So, I love the fact that they're giving us bonus material, but I don't necessarily like the fact that they're part of the main issues. So I, I've i been on Spider-Man like, honestly, probably since 2000, I was on Spider-Man this current volume by Nick Spencer. I finally had enough because when they did the, the rehashing of Craven, the Hunter, whatever, returns, retires, uh, rents, whatever you want to call it. They yeah. just, like did the single issues and then they would do these like issue 12 and then issue 12 hu issue 13 issue 13 hu and you're like oh my god this is so much and you would buy it because you're like well it's part of the story but then you're like oh wait it's not written by the main writer and it tangentially tied in so i could have skipped it unless i wanted to you know like if i cared about that character so, Nick is doing it again. So, I proceed with caution. But the only neat thing about this LR issue is that Nick is a part of it. So, I think that's important. Uh, so, him and Matthew Rosenberg will be teaming up for this one. I'm not sure who it's going to focus on uh, just because we're getting a lot of spider action and spoilers. If you did read issue, oh my gosh, I want to say, I think it was issue 49, AKA 850, they finally revealed um the main character forget his name um kindred there we go they finally revealed kindred's identity and it turns out to be harry osborn but like the harry osborn from before one more day <laughs> yeah no. that's a, that's an episode on its own <laughs> but anyways um so last remains is continuing so we're going to get to see more about kindred uh and the spiders are teaming up so it looks like we're going to have um, spider Gwen, Miles Morales, and Silk teaming up with two other spider people. Now, they've gone through so many costume changes. I think we have the Jessica Drew spider woman in her new costume. And then I think that might be Anya Corazon in a black and white spider woman, spider girl style costume. I'm not oh, is that Anya? Sure.
0: I thought it was Maddie.
1: It, it kind of looks more like Maddie just because of the hairstyle and the youthfulness of it but they're definitely playing with in continuity characters, not the, uh, out of continuity characters, gotcha. except for Spider-Gwen and Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Been reformed to the, the main Marvel
0: universe. <laughs> how do you feel about the taking Harry Osborne into a villain character? I know nothing about the kindred character, but I did read, uh, the spoiler about, uh, kindred being Harry Osborne. um, I mean, we brought him back after, uh, what was that? Was well, yeah, he, So he died, he died
1: as a green goblin and a drug overdose back in like the early nineties. And then after Spider-Man did the one more day and then it led into the brand new day series, we see Harry Osborn alive and kicking. Um, so how do I feel? It's tough because having read those issues back in the nineties, like, One of my first Spider-Man comics was uh, that I forget. I think it was Spectacular Spider-Man 200. So it was a foiled cover. It was a it was a chrome foil cover with uh, Spider-Man versus Green Goblin. I actually read that issue where Harry died. It was crazy. You felt so sad for this character because the way he was raised by Norman, the obsession with Peter Parker, the friendship with Peter Parker, it just drove the guy insane. And the only way he could stay sane was by taking drugs, but that's not a good pathway to deal with your trauma and drama. Um, So it was a deep issue and it was beautiful. And it was like, okay, you know, if this character dies, what a way to go. Like it, it made him so tragic. Um, Then next thing, you know, when the whole brand new day happened, it was like, all right, well, I'm not against, I don't like the way they made the change, but I understand why they made the change with the whole Spider-Man, Mary Jane wedding. Uh, But it was weird to be like, okay, so just because two people didn't get married, Harry Osborn's alive? It's not really a strong reason to say like, because now you're like, well, if those (laughs) two ever got married, Harry would have died. So that doesn't make sense. Uh, But it was neat to see Harry Osborn back again in comics. And I like the fact that they made him a good guy. I like the fact that he stood openly against his father on his own merits. He definitely was more rich to the modern writing so it was like okay this was cool but now with this whole kindred thing it's like well wait a second you know because like i it's so weird that spider-man is our alternate universe character like dc like i can understand flash because of the whole multiverse and vibrations but like, I don't know, like if this had been something going on in Doctor Strange, I think I could buy it a little bit better. But Spider-Man's supposed to be that grounded street level guy. <laughs> so it's like, OK. So, I mean, I, I definitely the, the mystery intrigues me, but I, I don't know if I'm going to care enough to pick up the series unless <clears throat> unless they really tie it into one more or one more day and one moment in time. So, like, maybe this might be the story that finally has Spider-Man go to Mephisto. And deal with the deal that they made. But again, we're talking about comics that are like, what, 10, 12 years old? It doesn't matter anymore. You know, comics, I think once they're past a year, their ramification doesn't matter anymore. So Nick Spencer's definitely going to have to get very creative.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Like you were saying with the Flash, like in continuity wise, why he can do multiverse stuff because of speed and vibrations in the spider-man you know marvel side of it it's it's an above board reason why he's able to do all the multiverse stuff because they their flagship character is spider-man like he needs to be able to do all the things happen to him and all the you know all the stuff being have him be involved because that's their character the marvel character is spider-man like you think of spider-man you think of marvel and vice versa
1: right yeah exactly so like i mean it's cool and we've had some great stuff like you know uh spider versus a fantastic movie and it's been some fun stories but i think they're they're milking that cow a little bit too much <laughs>
0: but anyways i mean right, it's so. definitely it's definitely you know peter parker it's always got to be a peter parker from a different universe that comes up with the the interdimensional travel right like not the 616 peter parker though he's smart enough to probably figure it out he's always a little too busy or a little too um apathetic i don't know if that's the right word to to use there but like to to get it done
1: yeah no it's definitely something it, it plays to that like i guess it's funny because now we're we're seeing batman of multiple multiple universes <laughs> so they took our street level dude and they they made him multiversal uh but yeah it, it'll be interesting so i don't know i i might start I think I'll start paying attention to the Spider-Man books. I don't know if I will commit to buying them yet. (laughs) But speaking of milking cows, uh, (laughs) Cable, issue four, is getting a second print, which ties in with the whole X of swords. Um, So there's been a lot going on there, but I think what makes this issue important is the Space Knights are back. Uh, Rom, the Space Knight. I don't know much about the character, But I know he is definitely a fan loved character, so a lot of people are probably going to be excited to be like, "Oh my God, Rom's back!" So, you didn't know? Get yourself a second printing copy.
0: (laughs) That's like fan love from people who are fans of Rom. Like, if you're a fan of Marvel, that doesn't necessarily mean you you know who Rom the Space 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 Knight is. Like, you're right. People who are fans of Rom are avid fans of Rom.
1: Exactly, yeah. That, that uh, Venn diagram is very one-sided. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, Daredevil issue 23 will be out. I have been ranting and raving about this current volume. Uh, Chip Zardaski is doing some of the best writing in Matt Murdock's life. So it is highly, highly, highly recommended. Uh, and this issue is even, even more exciting because Spider-Man will be making a guest appearance, and Chip Zardaski writes a hell of a Peter Parker. So I would definitely highly recommend picking this one up. And if you are collecting the Alex Ross timeless covers, uh, the variant to issue 23 will feature Daredevil himself standing very proudly. Uh, Excalibur issue 12 also gets a second printing, which ties into the X of swords event, which is just in time because Excalibur issue 13 will be out. And this cover is very interesting because it shows the Braddocks uh, fighting each other. I would say captain Marvel I don't know who Captain Marvel is, or not Captain Captain Britain. Sorry, I don't even know my continents or my universes. Um, and Captain Britain, I guess, is fighting Captain Britain. So basically, the Braddock sim, uh, siblings will be going at it. So we'll see Betsy and Brian uh, fighting each other on this cover. And again, if you're collecting the Alex Ross timeless covers, uh, Excalibur issue 13 will have the Nightcrawler one for you. And if you're a patriotic Brit who reads comic books, there's also another variant cover that features good old union Jack with the Excalibur team, very Britified in their appearance. Uh, let's see, what else do we have coming out? We have Falcon and winter soldier issue four. So if you need something to help tide you over until the Disney plus series comes out, uh, this is a fun little romp in the adventures. Um, It's good. I I will say issue three was kind of a lull, uh, so I'm hoping issue four picks up, but I know this will definitely read better once it's fully collected in trade paperback. Fantastic Four celebrates issue 25 in their current series, and they have a beautiful Mark Brooks cover along with a Black Bolt cover uh, in the Alex Ross timeless variants there as well. Um, What else are we seeing here? (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy issue seven will be back. Uh, So we've got a whole new team basically dealing with the fallout of all the drama in the, the, the galaxy. Um, so Al Ewing has taken over the book. He's doing some wild stuff. So if you're looking to see, uh, what happened after empire, which I was very surprised that the guardians of the galaxy didn't have a higher presence in, but this will be their moment because now that space is redefined, we get to see how the guardians are going to put their place into things. Uh, immortal Hulk issue 35 gets a third printing cover. Iron Man, the new volume by Christopher Cantwell, issue two will be out. Uh, I checked out Iron Man issue one. Christopher Cantwell, ow, oh, that dude can write. Plus, the art inside is beautiful. Plus, the Alex Ross covers and Iron Man armor design are fantastic. So this book is hot. Like
0: so, what? So that that cover that I'm looking at right now, that's not one of the timeless covers. It's just an Alex Ross cover.
1: Yes, So uh, what Mitch is talking about is we have a hunched over Iron Man with some steam coming out of him facing the reader, um, and it's all in Alex Ross style art. So it almost does look like those timeless variants, but no, this is just the regular cover. So that's how the the fans are treated very nicely in this series right now. Uh, It's just beautiful stuff. Like this is a very grounded Tony Stark. Uh, He's very hip and modern and... It's interesting because I feel like they're going to be building a relationship between Iron Man and Hellcat. So that could be uh, quite the dynamic team up. Let's see. Uh, we also have Juggernaut issue two will be out. So Juggernaut is getting his own uh, miniseries right now. Ice number three will be out. So here comes the hidden origin story of the evil future imperfect Hulk. Marauders issue 12 gets a second printing. So again, part of the X of swords crossover Marvel's X issue six comes to a conclusion. So this is supposed to be a celebration of Marvel's hitting its 25th anniversary or is it Marvel? One of those stories, either Marvel's or earth X hit their big anniversary year. Uh, So Alex Ross has been very hot and doing a lot of work at Marvel right now. So he's created a story that basically serves as How did the Earth-X world happen? Uh, So if you ever read Earth-X, and good luck to you, (laughs) because I tried, um, it basically features a Marvel universe that's already been set in motion. So now we are going to see what happened to get us there. Miles Morales' Spider-Man number 18 gets a second printing. Uh, This one has a neat Miles versus Spider-Man cover. And by Spider-Man, I mean Miles is Spider-Man. Spider Woman gets issue five of her series, which also serves as the 100th issue of Spider Woman, like all over with all her titles. And this is a great place for you to pick up the Alex Ross Timeless Spider Woman cover uh, because that issue will feature the variant as well. Then we have actually got a lot of variant covers to choose from. I kind of feel sad for the costume designer because. They designed this new black costume for Spider-Woman, and it's very colorless. Uh, it has a little bit of the red and yellow trim on it, and it's not too bad looking overall. But I just feel sad because anytime they hype up Spider-Woman, they go back to her classic red and yellow costume. So it's like, well, you're not going to make that new costume sell if you keep going backwards. Because hmm. like in this smash of variant covers, it's like... Two of them feature the are cla- the new costume the rest are all the classic costume Um, there's going to be Buko star Wars book. So be prepared fans. Thor issue seven gets a second printing. So Donnie Cates is doing some crazy stuff there. Uh, now it's time to save some money. True believers. So the dollar comics coming at you, we will have black widow and the Avengers number one. So this would have been perfect timing for the black widow movie, but as we all know, everything's been pushed back. So here's one of her early team ups with the Avengers. Uh, we get True Believers, Black Widow, Dark Star, number one. So this is a reprinting of the champion series where Natasha served as a member. So we get to see uh, how Dark Star came to play. And then here's the big one. I highly think this one's going to sell very nicely. Uh, B- True Believers, Black Widow, Taskmaster, number one. Wow. So this will reprint Avengers issue 196, which is the first appearance of Taskmaster. Uh, So there's that beautiful George Perez art with that beautiful cover. So if you can't buy the original copy, buy this dollar one before it sells out. Uh, Venom issue 29 will be out, which is laying the groundwork for the King in Black storyline that will be sweeping the Marvel Universe very soon here. Uh, We have Werewolf by Night is getting his own series right now. So it looks like they might be toying with the idea to see what they can do with this character. Wolverine issue five gets a second printing, which was part of the X of Swords event. Uh, X-Men number 12 gets a second printing as well, which is perfect because X-Men number 13 will be out continuing on the latest chapter of X of Swords. And again, if you're collecting those timeless Alex Ross covers, um, issue 13 features the greatest Marvel hero ever, Cyclops, in his dramatic Alex Ross pose. And then we've got Hellstorm is getting a trade paperback collection titled Prince of Lies. So this is going to be a great primer for those of you that are excited for the new Hulu series. And Silver Surfer Black is finally collected in all its glory, which is going to be pretty interesting because will that story have ramifications for the main Marvel universe since it was written by Donny Cates? And that is what's on your spinner rack
0: so cool all right so we are going to direct you towards our patreon right now so if you wanted to hear our takes on what is coming out on the future state of dc please make sure you check out our patreon that is a bonus material that would be uh offered up there but for right now we're going to get into our challenge chris tell us about death metal or dark knight's death metal
1: okay so dark knight's death metal is the current uh end of the DC universe threat that is in, that is taking over our heroes. So over in Scott Snyder's corner is expanded his, the Batman who laughs. So Batman who laughs has managed to get the part of the Dr. Manhattan power, which is making him ultra powerful. So he is taking Promethea who turns out to be the mother of everything. So this is all new continuity stuff. So she is the mother of the monitor, the anti-monitor and the forager. So she is all of creation and why creation happens. So basically, um, Wonder Woman is being the lead focus of the story, and it's all draped in death metal via Batman. So the DC universe has been destroyed, and some of the heroes have managed to escape and come together, and what they're going to do is go on a quest to collect crisis energy. So the issue that we're going to focus on is called Dark Knight's Death Metal Trinity Crisis, Uh, and the reason for that is because Superboy Prime Finally enters the fray. Now, it truly is a crisis. Why? Because it has Superboy Prime in it. <laughs> uh, he's a character that has been radically changed since his original appearance back in the 80s. So, in the original crisis, he was introduced. In the infinite crisis the sequel uh he was turned into a villain and has yet to be redeemed so right now in this new death metal will he find redemption will he stay a villain or will he just say screw it i'm gonna do what's best for me so this issue was chosen chosen because It takes the trinity of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman and throws them into the three major crises of the DC Universe. So Batman was tossed back into Crisis on Infinite Earths and was tasked with getting Crisis energy and trying to do what he can to help with the current efforts. Wonder Woman was tossed into the Infinite Crisis with the same mission and Superman was sent back to Final Crisis so he could try to salvage the events. But as we learn in the Wonder Woman chapter... Turns out that these versions of Crisis on Infinite Earths, Infinite Crisis, and Final Crisis are the dark multiverse versions where no matter what the heroes do, they are always destined to lose. So Superboy Prime is happy because this is a infinite crisis where he finally won. So what we're going to do is we're going to take those three beautiful stories and those fantastic trinity of characters, and we're going to take the idea and recast it in the Marvel Universe. So the challenge that Mitch and I will be facing is... Who would be your Marvel Trinity? What three heroes will you take and stick into this event? Second part, what three events would you use for the story? So clearly we saw infinite crisis crisis on infinite earth and final crisis. Those stories being re events re uh, re revisited. So what would we go into with the Marvel universe? So number three, um, what are you going to change? Because, the heroes have to lose because we're going to be in the dark version of it. So if it comes down to, you know, you chose, uh, oh God, what's a a short thing? Identity crisis, Spider-Man's identity crisis. You know, this is the one where Spider-Man didn't make it out. He got arrested. So we're going to take those events and make it darker. And lastly, uh, just for the sake of this one, who is your Superboy Prime? So who would you have be your Marvel Universe character that you would have the one basically break the news to the heroes that doesn't matter what you're going to do, you're going to lose. So ready for it, Mitch? We're going to dive dark and hard and go into the 616, and we're going to do some destruction.
0: That's right. So uh, I think this was a very cool challenge. I'm glad that uh, you came up with it. And uh, I will go first, if that's okay with you. All right, sounds good. You'll be the uh, opening act. <laughs> so, uh our trinity in the in the original story is Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman, the traditional trinity of of the DC universe, correct? Yes. So, with me, what I decided to do, uh I went for Superman, I I put in Thor Odinson. Like that's all that's a lot of power there. So, uh why wouldn't I want to throw in uh the equivalent in the Marvel universe? For Batman, I went to Captain America. And for Wonder Woman, uh, I went to Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers. Like Obviously, obviously, uh, I think the more traditional trinity of the Marvel Universe is Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. But uh, I really like the idea of Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, being uh, my counterpart to Wonder Woman. Not just because she's a woman, but because of uh, the way that she attacks a problem. To me, is very the same much of the way that Wonder Woman does. And uh for the story that I ended up throwing her into, I think uh serves her perfectly. So uh our three events Final Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earth, and Infinite Crisis. This one definitely had me going. Um what is it that constitutes a crossover in the Marvel universe? Because more often than not, to me, it feels like there's always like crossover events that mainly stick to certain uh families or groups in the Marvel universe. Like you'll have uh Spider Island or Spider Verse, right? Like those are very much crossover events, but they're crossover events for just Spider-Man or um uh what's the one what's one for X-Men characters? Like uh,
1: um, the Second Coming. I think that one was a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah Second Coming, or or even Messiah Complex. Like th- those things are are straight up X Men stuff. Uh, I, there was like X Men versus Avengers, or Inhumans versus X Men. Like those those are definitely big crossovers. But your bigger crossovers, I think, that do the whole thing are Civil War and Dark Reign and Secret Invasion and stuff like that. Right. So yeah. it was difficult for me to come up with three that would involve all of the universe I felt. But for my final crisis, uh I took Onslaught, which I know I never actually read, but I know the story of and I felt like I understood enough that that's where I wanted to send Thor. Thor is going to take on the Onslaught crossover event and uh you know, go there to see what it is that um he could do. Now, what, what are your thoughts on the onslaught event?
1: You know, I like that one actually. Um, and I'm like, I remember reading it. I read it in parts just because, you know, when you're a kid, you didn't have a lot of money. Um, but that's a great one because, and, and I faced the same question you did. What makes a quote unquote crisis? Um, so that one's a great one because the ramifications at story onslaught, took the fantastic four and the Avengers And it got rid of them like they were no longer part of the six one six. So that's huge. Mm -hmm. And if this helps you, um, I know at one point, so onslaught was originally professor X, but it turned to be revealed that it was the anger of Magneto absorbed into professor Xavier. And then the anger of Xavier and Magneto merging together and becoming its own dark entity that took over professor X and eventually got its own very cool nineties armor. (laughs) claws and helmet uh, and then became its own living entity. And one of the things that they thought to do to help destroy it was luckily Thor was a part of that where they actually managed to crack his armor, but that made it worse because there was no longer a physical manifestation to stop Onslaught.
0: Right. So then, in the new Trinity Crisis issue, uh, in that version of Final Crisis, Darkseid wins, and we don't exactly have the outcome of that yet because that the that issue hasn't been released yet. But and I assume when we get to those issues being released, we'll come back and talk about it. But in the Onslaught version, obviously Onslaught has to win, and along with the death quote-unquote, death of the Avengers and Fantastic Four, we're going to have the uh, absorption of the X-Men into Onslaught, so thus making Onslaught an even bigger entity with all those other mutant powers uh, being uh, absorbed. What is Thor going to do against something like that? Next would be our Crisis on Infinite Earths. So what is an event over in Marvel Universe that, that is equivalent to you know, emerging all these stories, storylines together, all these properties together into one coherent uh, timeline. And I didn't really, I don't know if I actually picked one that was like that, but the event that I picked definitely at the end of it would uh, create character timelines that are a little bit more continuity friendly because uh, secret invasion made it so that, Oh, you know that character that did something out of character and you don't really want to exist anymore? Oh, that wasn't really them, that was a scroll in <laughs> their place. So, in the Secret Invasion, Captain Marvel shows up there. Uh because she was also one of the main characters that was uh suspected of being a scroll, right?
1: Uh yeah, she definitely had some questionable moments and it was like maybe, maybe not.
0: <laughs> so, having uh Captain Marvel Carol Danvers show up at the Secret Invasion and finding out that the scrolls won. Electra never gets killed, exposing her to be a scroll in disguise. They successfully infiltrate everybody. And all of our heroes are either killed or put into a scroll prison ship like they were and, and put to the side and Carol Danvers being a person out of place, probably having to go up against a scroll version of herself, uh, Figure it has to basically convince everybody else that hey, these are scrolls, and, and what do you do at that point when everybody, probably all the way up to the highest offices in the land, are scrolls, anyways? So, I, f- I felt like that was a, a good equivalent there. Uh, going into infinite crisis where we have our Superboy Prime, what would be my uh crossover event that would be equivalent? Well, House of M. Captain America has to go to the house of M world and find out that, Hey, the version of him in this world is just an older retired man. Doesn't really do anything. Doesn't participate. Doesn't, uh, believe in this world anymore or the government that runs it because it's a despotic, uh, government run by the house of Magneto, the, the Eric Lynchers of the world. And, uh, in this world, Quicksilver kills Wolverine and Magneto because, you know, Wolverine's one of the only people that remembers, Magneto was one that eventually stops Quicksilver and uh he just ke- continues to rule the House of M while still wh- whispering uh ideas into Wanda's ear so that he can ultimately control the whole the whole uh reality of the of the thing. And how does Captain America deal with something like that? So my in my person would be my my Superboy Prime would be Quicksilver like he would walk right up to Captain America and be like, oh, no, this is this is the world where this where I win, where I get everything that I've always wanted, where where mutants are are the dominant and I am the dominant of the mutants.
1: Nice, I dig that and. What a like great amplification for Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. To go from, you know, like oh, you're the guy who's like the Flash. <laughs> now it's like okay and and plus I love the fact that one of the things that a lot of people talk about with Superboy Prime is his anger. Dude, Quicksilver is quick to anger, so that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. Like I like that they'll both be, you know, I'm going to use a bad phrase, but they're both going to be these whiny brats sitting there complaining about everything. So it's like, all right, that that kind of is cool.
0: <laughs> what, what better way than to show people that, you know, uh, decide I'm not going to play. I'm going to take my home, my toys and go home because. I'm yeah. So that's how it plays out in my side. What about in your story? Okay. So this was interesting because both DC and Marvel
1: while similarly structured are not always the same. Um, so it's kind of, it's tough because like DC crises are pick no offense to Marvel's attempt at uh, crossover stories, but a DC level crisis, you know, that is, that is it. I mean, the first crisis itself basically destroyed the, Golden Age, Silver Age Superman. And and then from that, we got the uh, John Byrne reboot. And it was like, wow, this changed everything while keeping it similar, if that makes sense. So I I guess to start off, so who is my Trinity? So I really thought about that. And I said, you know what? Like, DC kind of does represent families. Superman with his family in Metropolis, Batman with his family in Gotham, and Wonder Woman of the Amazons. So I thought to myself, okay, and, and like you said earlier, the typical trinity of, DC, of Marvel, when people look at it, is probably Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. So I kind of looked at this one. I said, okay, well, what are the big families of the Marvel Universe? So my trinity, I'm going to give it to Mr. Fantastic. Uh, in my opinion, he's the first Marvel real hero. Like I know you could say, but people predate him. No, the Marvel age began with the fantastic four. So I'm going to go with Mr. Fantastic of the fantastic four, I love um, that. captain America of the Avengers. So obviously he is a golden age hero and Steve is somebody that people will follow. And I noticed a reoccurring theme that I had chosen leaders. So I decided to indulge myself in, I'm going to go for the last major leader of the Marvel universe, Cyclops, because that brings in the X-Men and the mutants. And he does have an interesting perspective of how things get done. So that's my Marvel Trinity, Mr. Fantastic, Captain America, and Cyclops. Um, Let's see what three events. So that one was tough because like, you don't like it's funny because marvel tries that like oh you know like there is a secret trinity there is secret war secret invasion and secret empire and you're like cool but they're not related no not <laughs> <at all>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they share the word secret but it doesn't re- it doesn't tie in anything
0: and then how uh, you what secret wars do we have we have secret wars secret war and then secret wars again right exactly so you have that happening and
1: again they are only tangentially related um <laughs> And I thought to myself, cause I'm glad you mentioned secret wars. I was like, Ooh, maybe I could use that story. And it did. It, it came out just a little bit before crisis on infinite earths, but secret wars is really written for. We wanted to make toys. So that's mm-hmm. why we made comics. So while it's a fun story, it's not as impacting. So I went back and I thought to myself, okay, if crisis on infinite earths was the first, what needs to be? Marvel's the first. So I themed this. So the three events that I'm going to use since I have Mr. Fantastic on the team, I thought about the first time the Marvel universe was in danger. And I'm going to go back to the old school Galactus trilogy. The first time Galactus came to the Marvel universe and he brought the silver surfer who was his, uh, his herald back then. So I'm going to go back to that old sixties storyline and I'm going to make that my first quote unquote crisis event. Then, the next one I went to, I thought about it, and i I chose to go the popular route, so Marvel has usually uh chosen to go infinity as one of their major words, so I'm going to go to the original infinity Gauntlet when Thanos finally got the the reality stones, cosmic stones, cosmic uh the yeah, gems, yeah, you know whatever they call them anymore uh so I'm going to go back to that classic storyline, and the last one it's a bit of a stretch but I'm going to choose it because I want to make that story better and propose why it had to be played out the way it did. So I'm going to go revisit the Avengers versus X-Men. <laughs>
0: nice. Nice.
1: Now, luckily all three of these stories actually compromise reality as far as we know. So let's see question our part three. So what would I change to make it so that the heroes lose? And this is the dark version. All right. So Mr. Fantastic is the representative who goes back to the original Galactus trilogy. So this is perfect because he's like oh well I was already here we won I know it's going to happen. Now this only works if Mr. Fantastic is able to forge a relationship with the Silver Surfer and the Watcher because by forging a relationship with the Silver Surfer that enabled him to to basically stand against Galactus And then by forming a relationship with the Watcher, that got him the ultimate nullifier, which is what saved the Marvel Universe in that, or the planet Earth of the Marvel Universe in that situation. So in this case, I plan on saying, okay, well, here we go. This is how it's going to play out. And in this reality, clearly Reed doesn't make it happen. So when he comes to, he basically sees that the that the planet Earth is basically just been destroyed. Like it's been fed to Galactus. So they were not successful. He didn't get the Silver Surfer to convert. Uh, and he didn't get the ultimate nullifier to be a weapon that is used. So the fallout from that is the universe still fears Galactus because nobody's ever stood up to him and won. So that's how it would play out that event. Uh, So basically that, that version of Reed wasn't able to be as convincing as our version of Reed and our Reed got there too late. Um, Next event that I'm going to visit, I will jump and I will take Captain America and I will take him back to the infinity gauntlet. Gauntlet of the day was just, it was more of a Thanos story. It's just the fact that the Marvel superheroes got to be a part of it. So with this case scenario, I'm going to go to those panels that everybody loves to reference where you have Captain America standing face-to-face to Thanos. And it did lead to the idea of that in the movie where we got to see Chris Evans hold back Thanos' hand for that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the speech. So Captain America standing face-to-face at Thanos with an Infinity Gauntlet. And he's like, as long as one man stands against you, Thanos, you'll never be able to claim victory. Then Thanos just rebuttals with noble sentiments from one who is about to die. Um, And he actually raises his fist at Captain America, but Captain America doesn't flinch. So I'm going to state, again, our 616 cap goes back to this event, and we discover that the heroes have lost the Infinity Gauntlet. And the reason is, is that their Steve Rogers wasn't brave enough. He flinched. He freaked out. So by Thanos seeing that Captain America is not a worthy worthy adversary, there's nothing to stop him from being even more vicious because there was nobody to put him in check, if that makes sense. So by him saying, okay, well no one's going to stand up to me. No one's like, I'm a giant bully who's going on a rampage. Then he just would have kept the gauntlet on. And instead of destroying half of reality and taking off the gauntlet, he probably would have destroyed half of reality and just decided, Hey, I can do whatever the heck I want because no one will stand up to me or no one's inspired to stand up to me. Captain America's inspirations were lacking, and that's why they failed that event. And then the last event, I'm going to take our Cyclops and have him go back and revisit the Avengers versus X-Men event. Uh, Now, this is a critical event because this one is what started, like, this is what really painted Cyclops as a quote-unquote villain in a lot of people's eyes. And when you read the whole saga of Avengers versus X-Men, there was a... There was a uh extinction event which brought Cable back to the Marvel universe again in one of his post-death pre-return type of stories. And in that one, on the last page, Cable tells Cyclops, like, look, it's about to get real. The Phoenix will destroy everything. You have to get the Phoenix in order for this to not happen. And then Cyclops is like, Okay, I will do what it takes. So I like to think of that as this is a published Marvel comic that unfortunately the editor and the writers didn't pay attention to. So we know Cyclops' motivation, why he had to get the Phoenix and why he had to control it. And again, I'm coming at it from a very Cyclops point of view, (laughs) um, pro Cyclops point of view, but he did save the Marvel universe because the Phoenix wasn't able to run rampant. So in this case scenario, that Cyclops, he took over the Phoenix and unfortunately he went dark Phoenix earlier because if we go back to uh, the original event, we know that it took the Marvel heroes going after Cyclops and fighting him to the point where he finally did succumb to the Phoenix's uh, the fiery rage. So if the heroes hadn't attacked him, he actually probably could have used the power for good. So in this case, I'm going to say Cyclops just did not have the will to control the Phoenix, which led to the Marvel Universe being destroyed. So again, if we look at Crisis Energy, the um, so reboots and all that fun action, I'm going to choose for my Superboy Prime, in this case scenario, I'm just going to take the Phoenix itself. Because I look at Superboy Prime as a character who was, you know, punching walls and rewriting history. So I'm gonna say, well, that's what the Phoenix has become. Like the Phoenix is able to break the fourth wall and recognize that, oh, you know, these are just stories. And I think it was in Phoenix End Song, or maybe it was during Grant Morrison's stories, but they said the Phoenix burns away what doesn't work. I like to take that idea and say, okay, maybe that's why the Phoenix is doing what it does. It's it's kind of like how Superboy Prime is like, look, I don't care what happens, I just want my Earth back. So that's how I'm going to challenge that event and I'm going to say that's what the Phoenix does. It's like, look, you know, uh having Wolverine and X twenty three doesn't work, so that's why I'm getting rid of it and and things like that. And it's like, well, it works for some, it just might not work for you. Kind of mm-hmm. throwing a little bit of a tease back at Superboy Prime. So that's how I would have my uh marvel metal trinity crisis event happen
0: <laughs> i mean i would definitely love to see that uh, interaction between current cyclops and cyclops of the avengers versus x-men like because the idea is what happens when you go and visit the darker version of the outcome and it's like the crisis of conscience that scott's gonna have right there he's like the darker version of the world is where i was right like where i where i win like that doesn't make <laughs> any sense so how how do you come up with that uh, in your head like which so to me just you know is gonna make for great writing and great story and i, I really enjoy that aspect of it so yes and of course phoenix force being hey i know what i know what, what what i am and i know what's going on here but i'm gonna fight to 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 hell to keep it going you know kind of thing all right if uh you have some interesting ideas for stories we'd love to hear it if you want to talk about one of our stories we'd love to hear interact with you too so find me on twitter i am at Michipedia g-e-m-g-e-m stands for geek elite media uh chris where can people find you online
1: so definitely check me out on twitter that is my uh my social media uh choice of use so i am stuff i should say should being spelled s-h-u-d check out geekly media.com for my writings. Uh, currently Rafa and I are doing a Batman captain America long series where we're revisiting those, uh, land breaking historical adventures. And then also go to AIPTcomics.com to check out my reviews of modern comics
0: and news that I make as well. Very much. So go check those things out. Uh, If you'd like to get a hold of anybody else at Geekly Media, it's at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geeklymedia.com. Check out our Patreon site, where you can find out more about Reimagine If and all the things that we like to do as bonus material for our patrons. Also, whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us so that it helps. Uh, spread the word of our network and others can enjoy it. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to... Geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. peace Be-